Welcome back to the Profit Your Knowledge podcast. If you have had a dream of having your own podcast, kind of like something that I do, uh, then you are in the perfect place because today I have the guest to help you with that. This is Adam Adams and Adam is a different type of podcasting coach. Instead of helping you just have a podcast, his team focuses on making sure your podcast is a top ranked show so you can get more traction than 99% of other podcast hosts. So we're gonna talk a lot about just setting up your podcast, driving traffic like listeners, how to leverage your podcast, a lot of cool stuff. I'm sure we'll come out of this conversation. I'm pumped to have you here. How you doing today, Adam? I'm fantastic. Thank you. I'm yeah. doing great. Love it, dude. Um, so I just kind of want to go like right into it. Um, why podcasting? Like, why do you think that podcasting is such a great opportunity for experts and people who want to share the things that they know online and turn that into a business? There's a, there's a ton of benefits that can come from podcasting. And I think some of them people don't really notice or recognize or think of even when even when we're launching a podcast or have one already sometimes we don't realize some of these uh, additional benefits on the outskirts of the goal um, so some of the things that have helped me in different businesses I did a lot of real estate investing for for a long time and I had a real estate podcast I ended up selling it about three and a half years ago from the time we're recording this and um, when I after selling that that podcast, um, I noticed that it did a ton for me. So here's just a couple of, of examples just off the top of my head since you asked. One is I started speaking at different conferences in that real estate space mm. all over. So the main thought leaders that you we know of in real estate, if your listeners uh, following any podcasts, I got to speak on all of their stages. Mm. And it grew me as a as a person. It grew me as a business owner. And by continuing to get in front of other people's stages and on their podcasts as well, um, I started getting some benefits that I wanted my podcast to give me. So for example, I wanted to raise private equity. I wanted to raise money from passive investors so I could close on more deals. And I got that value from my own podcast. But in, it, interestingly enough, when I was speaking on other people's stages and getting invited on their shows too, because I had a thought leadership platform, I even got more passive investors. So I remember I would get off of somebody's stage and sometimes it would be millions of dollars and that's enough to close on a couple of big deals. And so it was it was remarkable and, and good to know that like my main goal was always served and it happened by having a podcast. Another benefit would be that you can interview your perfect avatar. So for example, um, one of my clients right now, we serve podcasters. One of my clients, his name is Dallin Schultz. And Dallin, he gets the most amount of value by just interviewing high net worth individuals. So he also is in the real estate space mm -hmm. and he gets more value. He doesn't almost care about who's listening for him because he is able to have good conversations with people and add value to them and get to know them in a way that now those high net worth individuals that he's interviewing are now um, investing in his, what's called a syndication in his apartment buildings. Hmm. Um, and so that's even without a listener. Additionally, you can grow your network. Like James and I are talking right now. I was on somebody else's show yesterday and, and him and I were talking. And what ends up happening is if I need somebody who really knows how to make money in the online businesses, like online, I can reach out to you. 
I could call you. I probably have your cell phone number after this. You know what I mean? And now it's like, hey, James, what do I do? And it's interesting because you're a thought leader. And in some ways, it feels untouchable. Like to your listener, Mm -hmm. it might almost feel like it's, I could never talk to him. He's too famous. He's too, he's a big person in this. And, and he's the person that I follow. But when you become a thought leader, now you and I can have this uh, relationship. And if I need to reach out to you, I can. There's this guy named Joe Fairless. He has tens and tens and tens of thousands. I think it's like 16,000 um, years and years ago. Downloads per each episode. So one of the bigger podcasts in his space, very well known. He hosts conferences. He owns 1.5 or a couple of years ago, he owned $1.5 billion with a B of real estate investments. And so he's raised hundreds of millions of dollars personally. And he has a lot more experience in that space than I did. And I remember I just needed to ask a question. How do you do this part? And so I called him on his cell and immediately he put me in touch with his um, his CPA. And now we were able to solve that problem that I, I wouldn't have known any other way to figure it out. Chat GBT didn't exist back then either. <laughs> and I didn't I would not have known how to do this. And so by getting in touch with his person. So like benefits of podcasting, you grow your brand, you grow your authority, you are learning your craft a lot better because you're constantly having those conversations. Mm-hmm. You're getting put on other people's stages because you have a thought leadership platform. You're getting more exposure on other people's thought leadership platforms. It's a thing called reciprocity. Like Totally. They want, they, you know, you both want to be on each other's platforms to both grow your audiences. Um, and I can learn more. I can gain my craft. I can figure out how to present my message to my person. Like for you, James, you know, your exact right person that is listening and you know how to serve them. And the more conversations you have with me and with others, the better you craft your message mm-hmm. so that you can serve them even at a higher level. Um, so there's tons, tons of benefits. And I, I will say just real quick um, from somebody else's words, Gary Vaynerchuk, like years and years and years ago, I've been following this guy because I love wine. He used to do mm. something called a wine library. Yeah. And some people don't know that he now is like this giant influencer. And he said in 2000. 15 or 16, around the time that I I had been investing in real estate since 2005, but in 2015, I went full-time. That became my only business. Hmm. And um, as I launched my podcast, I was able to grow it. I was able to get in front of people. I was able to make all of the things that I wanted to have happen. It happened and then some. And Gary Vaynerchuk says, if you don't have a podcast, and you're not, and you got to also be active on social media, which some people are scared of. Mm. By the year 2023, and by the way, we're almost done with 2023 when we're recording this. But if if you're not doing it by then, you will lose in business. And I agree 100. Mm. percent So when you say a thought leadership platform, you're talking a podcast, maybe a blog or a YouTube channel, something that's more in depth where people can really follow you. And then coupling that with a social platform where people can engage with you more, correct? Yeah, 100%. I think like thought leadership is a way that other people can share your content. If you, Mm. if you just have conversations, if you just have this or that, like 
you don't really have shareable content, but that thought leadership platform, like your book or your podcast or the other ones that you also mentioned, is going to be a way for somebody who's not in the room with you and you might be asleep, you might be on vacation and you're still growing your brand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm huge on that because I got into, well, because we have, this is the first time we've really like met, but I was in construction work. I got into life coaching, very general. And I was working with people, realized this isn't really what I want to do. I wanted to help people with careers in some way. Uh, and I just didn't really know what my thing would be. And then I got into productivity coaching, which really helped me just be more specific with who I helped and stuff like that. And I was working with people. That's what introduced me to digital products. And then I was making digital products failing over and over again. And then I finally had success and was selling a product passively. And, um, that, uh, yeah, that basically led me to, you know, talking with my clients and they're like, can you help me with that? And I was like, I guess, yeah, sure. I can, cause I can teach you what, like I did, you know, we'll just try it out. And then this woman sent me, you know, she's a fitness coach. She sent me a screenshot a couple of weeks after we had launched her program and she made like 1500 bucks. And I was like, Whoa, that's so cool. You know, and she was petrified of anything camera related internet, like putting herself out there, never built or sold a digital product online. I was able to help her and then help other people as well, like get their first offers out there. And that's kind of what just made me be like, I'm going to do this. But YouTube has always been a huge component of that. And the podcast as well, primarily for me, it's been YouTube. And I put my YouTube videos on like my website for blog posts, but I'm not super big on SEO. I pretty much just focus on the YouTube aspect. And um, yeah, it's so big just to, cause like I, I was doing a, a little series, for example, just to really hit home the importance of this, of uh, Kajabi. Cause my business is kind of like three parts. I have my coaching, I have products, and then I have my Kajabi affiliates. And it all really goes hand to hand together. Because if you worked with me, I would be like, you get this product as like a value add. And it's stuff that I refer you to, to be like, hey, you should go study this lesson. It's gonna help you, you know, with whatever we're working on. Um, so it's really nice to keep them in the ecosystem. And then there comes a point where people are like, what tools do I use in my business? And there's many tools you can use. I always recommend, cause they want to know which ones I use. I use Kajabi and I just tell them like, this is the one I use. I, you can get a 30 day, um, free trial to try it out and stuff. And an extra course that goes with that just about Kajabi. But, uh, I had some friends in the space who were doing like 30 days of consecutive videos, promoting Kajabi, teaching about it, and then getting into um, getting into like offering their, uh, their free trial, which got them into their affiliate link. And, uh, some other guy did like 90 days. So I was like, I'm going to do 60 days. And I was working my ass off just to get up to having it all scheduled because I was going to Sweden for two weeks. And I was, I made the decision, like, I'm not going to do anything in Sweden, um, which I had never done. I've always taken my computer with me and like done calls or something and tried to like incorporate my business into my trip. And I'm like, I want to go on vacation because I'm spending time with my family. It's my girlfriend's first time going to Sweden. Like, I don't want to do anything. So I was working a lot ahead of time to set the systems up and schedule things out. And um, yeah, I'm still making passive income from all the the different people who got into Kajabi through my link from that. But when I got back from the trip, I had made eight grand just from systems. And I'm like, what? Like, it was amazing. You know, and I brought a book with me. I brought Expert Secrets by Russell Brunson and was just reading that. And, um, that's just the power of systems. Like you can get discovered. And when you have a good system and like free content like that, and it pulls people to the system, then you can make sales or you can book phone calls. You can do all this cool stuff without having a massive audience and without having to constantly be posting and working all the time. 100%. I like that. I like that you, um, decided you're, you're like, 
this time that I'm on vacation, it's going to be an actual vacation. I like yeah. that part a lot. And what's really cool is that you made eight grand while you were out there. Yeah. It's that's, amazing. Yeah. Yeah. That's fun. Yeah. So, um, yeah, podcasting, I think is, is really big. And for me, like um, my audience isn't massive, but I do have an audience on the show and it's constantly growing. The more I've actually been interviewing people, um, the more it's been growing because like I share their episode, they share it with listeners and then people come in and like they find out about my, you know, email list and then they get on that, that gets into my system and all this kind of stuff. Um, so I've definitely really, cause I've been podcasting for like years and I just kind of started being like, that's what you should do, you know, as a thought leader and like just teach stuff. So I started it and it's like, if you go way back in my podcast, you can still see all the episodes of like the changes I've made over the years, uh, which is kind of cool, you know, cause like I was just finding my voice and what I wanted to teach and really like find my niche and all that. Um, but yeah, it, it, I'm, I'm definitely like much more interested in like the connections and using a podcast is amazing just to like be able to connect with people because if you think about like so many people they try and you know like you said you can interview your target audience or your avatar client um for me it's kind of full circle too which i like because i talk with creators and experts and i am one myself but i also help creators and experts and it's all about collaboration so it's all very full circle you know the people who listen to it they're creators and experts or people who want to be aspiring and um yeah, I get like a lot of business just from the podcast and just creating a cool space to like build relationships. And I think that's a big thing. It's not like manipulative or anything weird like that, which I think people can assume that it is or something. It's just like, I'm connecting with my audience who I just happen to be as well. And I love talking about like, let's grow our show, like what you do uh, or copywriting or relationships too. Cause I, like you said, you know, earlier you referred to my two week vacation. I got into business, not just to make money, but also to like have freedom in life and to have great relationships. So I've had people on the show who are like, you know, like, like, uh, intimacy coaches. And we refer that back to online business because that's what I think it's really all about, but it's just such a great platform. And you know, when I first, actually the first week that I really put the emphasis on this, um, literally just a week change of like focusing on it as a networking tool. I made four grand when I previously for like three years had never made any real money from my podcast because I was just using it as a relationship building tool. And then I didn't make any money for a while after that, but I was getting on other people's shows that were coming on and I was like, cool, creating opportunity. And then their listeners got into my system, booked calls with me. And then I was making, I made it like an 8k day or something like that. Like there's so much opportunity to that. So my question is kind of like, when someone's starting out, do you recommend like what, what plat, like what format, I guess, would you recommend? Because they have kind of two options. They can either do the guest route or they can do the solo episodes. And how do you kind of recommend integrating all that? Yeah. I like that question. And it depends on like, that's what the, the attorney's way to answer things. It depends. It depends. Uh, I would just say that if somebody's getting out, if somebody's starting out in their podcast and they're trying to decide what format, should I have a co-host? Should I have guests? Should I do solo episodes? Here's some of the things to think about. The co-host can be a good thing or a bad thing. So if I've got a co-host, it could either mean that one of us is going to keep with the podcast and the other one's going to leave because one person gets busy. They don't see the value. So I don't always recommend co-hosts, but uh, in other words, like you can bounce ideas off of each other. So sometimes it can be a benefit. Sometimes they can hold you accountable. Um, so going to the two that you said, those are the most interesting two to me. It's guest or solo. 
And on my podcast, I do both. And I would recommend to most people that listen to your podcast today that they do both. Mm-hmm. And here's the reasons why. When you do a solo, you're able to show the listener that you have the experience, the the history in this. You've got the background in it. And they are more likely to know who you are. So that no like trust factor is amplified more quickly. That way they start to hire you and, and you can serve them quicker, more like more quickly, right? Because they they want a certain result. Your listener wants a result. And the truth is it's hard to do on their own. It always is. Your listener's listener, it's hard for them to do it on their own. On my podcast, just to have a successful podcast, it can be challenging to do that by yourself because there are some things that I've learned along the way that my team implements that serves people. And so it can be really important to have those solo episodes so that the person is more likely to be able to hire you, which benefits you for the money that you make and benefits them for the money they make. They're more likely to be successful if they hire you. And how are they going to hire you if they don't know, like, and trust you? So I think the solo episodes based on that are quite important. The other format that you asked about when somebody's starting out, should they do guest interviews? There's some benefits to guest interviews. I already mentioned one, and I'll repeat it real quick. And that was because you can interview your avatar and you might be able to work with your avatar. You might end up having uh, more business because it's a guest interview. Secondarily, if you're having guests that you're learning from, it can be beneficial. It can be, I wouldn't say always do it for this purpose, but it can be really helpful for you if you're interviewing people along your journey so that you can learn and grow. If you're also having guests, you're growing your network. And here's the thing, you've already mentioned this, James, but I'll mention it again since we're on this question. When you're having guests, there's more likely that they are going to share the episode. The more guests you have, the more likely. Let's pretend that one in four guests that you ever have share the episode. And let's pretend that 40% of those people have humongous audience of hundreds of thousands. So if you have more guests, and that's why when when I mentioned Dallin Schultz, he moved to three episodes per week because he wanted to have three conversations every week because that would grow his, uh, that would grow the conversations that he has. But also one of those people is going to have a big enough audience behind them that is also going to grow his audience. So if you are doing guest interviews, I think that's a benefit because you're adding value, you're making connections and all of this, but also your audience can grow more quickly if you're having other people because you're tapping into their audience. But also you got to do the solos. So I think that the listener hopefully will take away from this question that, they could do some type of um, cadence where it goes back and forth. For me, it's I do six episodes in a week. Three of those episodes are interview episodes and the opposites are solo episodes. So I'm trying to put out lots of content. I'm trying to do lots of interviews and solos. There's this guy named, um, I think I might've even mentioned him on this episode today, uh, Joe Fairless. He is a real estate person. He does a daily podcast. 
And he makes sure that his Friday episode, so he does them, you know, Sunday through Saturday. His Friday episode is called Follow Along Friday. Joe Fairless owns more than $1.5 billion of real estate. He's raised hundreds of millions of dollars. He's very successful with what he does. I believe it's because he's having so many conversations with other people that can grow his audience. Mm -hmm. And he's very serious about at least once a week having this follow along Friday episode where his audience gets to know who he is as a person. I remember listening to his podcast episode when he first went from having a girlfriend to having a fiance. Mm -hmm. And when he went from having a fiance to getting married. And I remember when they got pregnant as well. And those types of things help me know, like, and trust Joe. So he's more likely to actually get my money, whether it's, he's a coach, a consultant, or he's raising equity for real estate deals. Right. Yeah. There's a lot to kind of unpack there. I think they, I think kind of the message that I get from it and where I notice that a lot of people get hung up and I actually have a client who helps people with podcasting as well. And, you know, we explore a lot of like, the doubts, the fears that people have, the objections ahead of time, so we can address them in like the marketing and all that stuff. And one of the biggest ones is that people get so fixated that a podcast has to be a certain way. And I feel like I was guilty of that too. It's like, if I'm gonna start a podcast, I have to just do solo episodes, or I just have to do like guest interviews. And I, I feel like you know, well, mostly for people who are kind of getting started, they can feel that way where it's like, it, it's gotta be one or the other. And it's like, dude, you can mix it up all you want. Frankly, I don't do a whole lot of like solo episodes on this podcast, but after this conversation, I think I'm going to sprinkle in some that are like just dedicated to that. Cause I have my YouTube channel, which is solo, you know, and that's where I point people over to typically, but I think it'd be cool. Um, so yeah, that's, it is fun to kind of think about that. And I think just like for the listener to have the freedom to try different things, I think, especially in the beginning, it's, you know, try doing solo episodes and then try doing conversations, um, with other people. Cause I, like you said before, it's such a great way to make connections and grow your audience. And if nobody knows your podcast and I think if you just start doing solo episodes only, then, um, you know, it's like, it's going to take a lot longer to actually get exposure and get traffic. Whereas if you're leveraging other people's audience, be like, I have a podcast and you mention it on your socials and all that stuff. Like that's what helps a podcast grow because I'm, I'm actually curious about your take on this with like Google blogging and then YouTube videos. Those are the two biggest search engines in the world. Um, and they, you know, favor SEO. Like I can type in a, something onto, um, I can type in a question like how to bench press on Google and then a YouTube video will pop up above top rated blog posts, you know, and that's why I'm like, YouTube is awesome. And you don't, you have to write blog posts and you can get that sort of result or in the people also ask drop down menus. Do you help people? And I guess what's kind of your take on like SEO and discoverability for someone's podcast other than like natural kind of search for a podcast? Yeah. The things that we would do that way is our clients, they are typically going to gain a website through us, which that website gets updated every time that they drop an episode. Now, this is a big key as well to the listener right now. If you're going to launch a podcast, it would be uh, dumb to launch a podcast that produced episodes fewer times than at least once every week, like mm -hmm. every Monday at 5 a.m. or every Friday at 6 p.m. or whatever it is, but being at least regularly on the same day of the week, at least once 
would be quite important. Um, but now as far as what we help with SEO, it's going to be that every once a week or three times a week or six times a week that that person updates their um, episode where they publish, then it goes into their website, their blog. And so there's a lot of keywords, or a lot of key terms that are getting added to their website. Mm-hmm. So it's more likely to be discoverable and searchable. An- another cool thing is that they've recently added, um, I think this was from the time we're recording, probably about seven months ago, that um, they started adding uh, robots, we'll call them, uh, little spidey crawly robots that go in and somehow listen to audio content. Mm. And so when they're listening to audio content, they listen to the things that you and I talk about. So if we talk about guest and solo or intimacy coaches, or if we're talking about um, uh, digital products and we say those words a lot in this audio, these, I'll call them spidey crawly thingies, uh, these robots will listen to it and they'll use that for SEO as well to boost up the podcast in the searchings. Wow. So, so it's not there's just a few ways anymore. that you can do that. Yeah, yeah, there's a few ways that you could do that. So I we always recommend to our client that you are, I want to focus on the audio experience. That's our main place where we want to be is the, is the uh, Apple podcast, the Spotify place. However, we're always publishing it to YouTube because YouTube has a big search engine as you already mentioned. And furthermore, we make sure that most of our clients, we're starting a website for them that gets updated multiple times a week whenever they publish an episode. Yeah, no, I think that's really big. And I think it is important for people to think about with coupling your audio podcast with either blog posts or YouTube or all of the above. And, you know, when you make a blog post, like what I do with my YouTube videos is I publish them on YouTube, which is cool. But I also embed the YouTube video onto my blog post so or onto my website and create a new blog post. So I have a written text, which is, you know, I use ChatGPT to, and like I create an outline, I copy, paste into ChatGPT, and then I have it write a blog post. And then I go through and I clean it up, make sure it sounds like me and not ChatGPT. But it, that has helped blogging like so much. So the speed at which I can get it out there and like using different keywords and stuff. Um, I'm not a huge SEO guy. I just kind of do it just cause like, I'd rather do that than have nothing, you know? Um, yeah. yeah, but I'm not like a super nerd. I focus more on the YouTube side. Um, but if you have a, pl- a, a podcast, you can always embed your podcast episodes too onto a web page. And then you could even, you know, you record it if you use zoom or Riverside or something, you can take that audio, put it into a transcription service like otter.ai or IO, Uh, There's another one called like transcribe.com or something like that. There's different, there's many different ones, but you can put it, the audio into a transcription service. It turns the audio into, um, into a written text. And then you can always copy that, put it in a chat GPT and say, can you sum up like the main points from this? And you can ask it questions to create essentially a blog post and you can go through if you want and kind of change it up. But that's like a really simple way. So where you don't have to like write a whole blog post on top of it and you can just kind of move some things around and then you can have text, you know, and focus primarily on your podcast audio. Yeah. And um, YouTube will, um, what? no, I don't mean YouTube, although it might do it. Um, Zoom mm. also can give you the uh, transcription. So oh, sometimes yeah. if you're recording on Zoom, 
you might not need to worry about all these other places to get it because you might be able to just pull it off from from the Zoom. At least my account does that, but I'm not sure how much you have to pay to get that feature. Right. So, and and you mentioned something else that, um, but I don't know if you mentioned specifically that the backlinks are additionally supportive to the SEO. But mm. you were mentioning how, like, you make sure that you backlink um, your and, and embed the YouTube video on your website as well. And you were even talking about like for your podcast that you you could um, you could link that up. So I've heard that, the, you know, they tell us that the backlinks, the more times that like uh, these things are connecting with each other, mm. the more likely that they'll both get ranked. So I believe if you're um, backlinking YouTube, that might also support your SEO for your website. Mm, yeah. Or even like if you're making a, a lot of episodes, if you can link each episode to another episode on your, yeah. even like your own blog too. Right. And then also the, if you have a guest, you can link to their website or something like that, which can be really simple. Just like you can add one line, like check out the full episode here or something like that, you know, um, or check out this other episode where I talked about this and then just link over to it. So that's really simple stuff. That's good. Yeah. And that's also called a callback and it grows your podcast. So for the listener who's thinking about starting a podcast, something that I do intentionally on mine is like, if I bring somebody on the podcast for a second time, I'll always back, I'll always do a callback to, oh, this person was on episode, let's just say 50. And um, same thing, like I've got like a few episodes that are specific to either raising, uh, like uh, making, monetizing for your podcast, like making money through your show. I've got some about growing your audience. I've got some episodes about, you know, how do you get into the, how do you get ranked top 1% in the world? Mm. And so what I could do is if I'm having a conversation with you right now, we could backlink some of those because I already know those episode numbers, which can support um, not only the SEO, but definitely it can have your listener binge listening to your podcast, which actually triggers an algorithm within the podcast playing platform when they see that somebody's uh, playing two, three, four different episodes all in at the same sitting, mm. then you're going to be ranked a little bit higher. So back uh, calling back to different episodes in the audio and in the show notes can also support the growth of your podcast by triggering algorithms. Wow. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, wow. It's just nerding out on SEO right now. I love it. <laughs> it's big stuff. Um, cool. We've, we've covered a lot, but I'd love to ask you, Adam, uh, cause we're going to, we're going to start to close out here, but based on your career as just being an entrepreneur and a podcaster as well, what do you wish someone would have told you personally early on? Hmm. I think if I would, if I could just say one thing about what somebody would have said to me earlier on, it would honestly to be yourself. I would want to have had somebody give me the permission that it was okay to just be me. Because as you kind of stated earlier, you said like some, sometimes one thing that we get fixated on is that um, we have to make our podcast a certain way, mm -hmm. like what the way that we had heard before and being your true self, your authentic self um, and not trying to be somebody else, not trying to be a Joe Rogan. If you're not a Joe Rogan, not trying to be a, Joe Fairless, if you're not a Joe Fairless or whatever, that would probably be the biggest one because I started, I started my career as making money online and I started my podcast, which we, we were pulling in $40,000 a month on our podcast, which is great. 
just by the podcast. Um, these things only happen after I realize that I can make mistakes when I want to make mistakes. I can I can talk about the things that I want to talk about. I can just be real and raw. And that helped me make a lot more money and serve people at a higher level. When we're faking it till we make it, it doesn't really work that way. So that's what I would say. Yeah, no, that's beautiful. Authenticity always wins and know thyself. I think that's really so true. The better you can get to know you and what you care about, what you stand for and what you don't stand for, like all those things and being able to share that. It's scary, you know, to share those opinions and whatnot, but it really is such a powerful tool of just authenticity. And I think it is interesting because people do get like hung up, like, should I share that? And then they post it, whether it's a podcast episode or whatever, of like who they really are, their real opinion. And then the episode does really well or that piece of content does. And they're like, whoa. And they were intimidated by it for at first, like, oh, it's scary. But then they do it and they're like, wow, that was, maybe I should do that more. Yeah, I, I got the most, the most value and traction in the podcast that I mentioned that I had sold, the real estate one. When I talked about how we almost invested, co-partnered co with another team, and we had a raised raised all the money on our side, and we found out that one of the people had a SEC violation, a Securities and Exchange Commission violation. So they weren't allowed to do what they were doing, and it could have cost a ton of money for our investors potentially. And I was really embarrassed. I was really scared about it. But I thought, you know, I better just share this on my podcast. And as soon as I shared that. The most interesting thing happened because I was pretty sure that people would be like, I can't trust Adam anymore because he almost lost people money. Mm. But what ended up happening was the opposite, where the most amount of people called me about that one episode and said, I'm ready to invest my money with you. Mm. If you could share that story, you're the type of person that I want to be with. Yeah. Yeah, that's powerful. Cool. That's amazing. So. Um, we're going to start to close it out here, but I love that message. Uh, Adam, where can people learn more about you? Where can they get connected with you? The way that's completely free and easy is they're already on your podcast. So I've got a show called the podcast on podcasting. It's usually searchable by podcast on podcasting or just my name, Adam Adams. Um, and if they're wanting something paid or to check out our website, it's growyourshow.com. So podcast on podcasting or growyourshow.com. Okay, right on. We'll put links down in the description for uh, anyone who is listening. So for the listener, I know we covered a lot in here. We talked about SEO. We talked about authenticity always wins, which I think is the biggest message. And um, we also talked about like different formats that you can approach your show with. And it's really up to you just to take something that you learned from here that inspired you of like, I'm just going to start my show in the way that feels right to me and just get the reps in and you know, the work's going to teach you how to do it. So if you realize like, I don't really like doing it this way, you can make changes. If you go back to my podcast way back in the day, you will see the progression and the changes that I personally made to where I am today. Um, and it's just, yeah, you just have to get started. I think that's the biggest thing. So get out there, make something happen. Action is your only superpower and we will see you in the next one.